there's just so many MAGA Republicans running everywhere. It's not a niche thing. It's not like just a couple states here and there. It's like across the country. They're really like taking over the Republican Party in a lot of ways. Welcome back to I'm the Villain. Today, we're going to talk with actually my friend from high school, Hannah DeGroot, um, who is a who is now working in political consulting, but has working has been working in sort of more establishment politics for a number of years now. Um, And Hannah, I will just let you introduce yourself. Just tell the audience whatever you think they should know about you. Hi, I'm Hannah. I'm from Cupertino, California. And I am now working at a political consulting firm in San Francisco. Yeah, so I guess I can just jump in a little bit about like my political story, how I started getting involved in politics. Because throughout college, I really wasn't involved that much. And I kind of like put it on the back burner because I was a film student. And I went to school in Southern California at a college that was more conservative. So it was just kind of just not at the forefront of my mind a lot of the time. And I also wasn't like involved in like young Democrats or I wasn't a poli sci major. So I kind of thought that like other people that was for them and I could just do my like artist thing over here (laughs) and vote, of course, but wasn't like knocking on doors. And then throughout the Trump administration, like Obviously, we all felt like we needed to do something, but I think part of the issue is that everyone wants to help, but they don't necessarily know how to get involved or they feel like groups aren't like accessible to them or it's kind of like a closed off um, insular um, profession too. So that all said, um, in 2020, During the pandemic, I started listening to Pod Save America, which is one of the bigger like political podcasts with all these guys who were working for Obama. And now they're like podcasters and have an organizing wing called Vote Save America. And I started volunteering through that organization with a lot of different campaigns, uh, specifically in Arizona because we were very focused on swing states and kind of like what to do as a blue state person in California, how you can help like in really important races across the state. Because part of the thing is when you're in like a progressive enclave, you feel like there's not much you can do to really like help the rest of the country or like make a real impact. Uh, So I got super involved in that organization just as a volunteer. Um, as well as getting some experience with like democratic campaigns Um, on the ground. It was like all virtual, but it was still um, an opportunity for me to like connect with lots of different cool organizations and kind of like understand politics a little bit more. And then that kind of morphed into, I was thinking about, okay, what if I do this for a career? And then I took all these like different training programs. that were really focused on bringing people into politics that maybe like are something different than like the typical like 
white male who went to college for political science and like always wanted to be a congressman or like parents are in politics to bring in different types of people, including people who are maybe starting a little bit later in life. And part of my story too, is that I have a chronic illness and was pretty disabled between um, college and then the couple years after college. So throughout this time, I was also thinking about ways that I could be involved in kind of an inaccessible um, profession as well that like oftentimes it requires like a lot of um, energy and kind of 24 seven, like work really hard, play hard sort of uh, bro culture. And so I was trying to find like my place in it um, in that respect as well. So, mm. and then eventually I now work in politics. I work at a consulting firm in the Bay Area and I'm very involved in like all sorts of races in California mostly and different organizations like across the country mm -hmm. as a consultant. Do like, so do campaigns like approach your firm and like ask them to ask you all to help them run their race? Yeah, basically what happens with campaigns is that especially for smaller campaigns, but the large ones too, they work with consulting firms to um, do either specific jobs or just like different, like the whole strategy as well, because there's just not enough money to like do everything in house. So by working with firms, then you're able to get people with like a lot of expertise to, for example, do all your like graphic design mm. or um, your email program, things like that. Um, so we end up working with like a diverse group of different campaigns all at once. So they can use sort of like our expertise. That's so interesting. So I, I'm really curious about how you sort of, I guess, made the personal leap from like, oh, I'm kind of like maybe like, interested in politics and engaged in politics to be like, to be like you know because like you were talking about like you know getting really into pod save america and then like volunteering i but i'm curious how you started to realize you're like okay this is really what i need to start doing full time like this is really important work to be doing or whatever the realization may have been like did you have a particular moment like that or was it much more gradual yeah i think part of it was the my experience with the healthcare industry made me think I really like <laughs> need to do something to help the situation. Cause like I saw what was happening to especially other people that I knew um, who don't have, like I was on my parents' uh, health insurance for a long time. And like, that's an enormous privilege, but also ridiculous that people who aren't able to do that, like, don't have health insurance or have these other issues. Um, so kind of being confronted with the realities of healthcare, which is something that a lot of young people, if they aren't sick, don't have to like go to the doctor a lot, they might not um, be confronted with. So that was really like an inspiration for me to get involved and especially like telling my story out loud um, was very like, transformative in a way like I went to this one 
um, Zoom. I believe it was by an organization called Next Gen, which is like trying to get young people into politics, especially like Gen Zers, things like that. And I just showed up on the Zoom with like five random strangers and they're like, okay, like, why do you care about this? Like, what brought you to to um, sign up for like a phone bank? And what's your story? And by telling like your personal reason why out loud, it kind of like motivates you <laughs> to actually say what like do what you say that you're going to do like if i want to um help in the next election by saying your reason out loud to a couple people it can be very motivating um to get you to actually like go to the shift that you signed up for because you know it's not always like super fun doing the work so having that like little bit of motivation um definitely helps and then the transition into wanting to do it full time, I think really came um, with the community that I found through my little like volunteer group. So there were about like 50 of us who got involved as volunteer leaders. And we started really connecting um, more personally every day, <laughs> both doing the work, it kind of like bonds you together, but also just like shared values, things like that. So we kind of like band in together and all thought, okay, if some of us want to um, maybe break into the industry, we can kind of like help each other and motivate each other and um, pump each other up about like as applying to jobs and things like that. So I think finding that community was like super important to my transition as well. Mm. Yeah. I, yeah, because I feel like that making that leap seems really difficult to me because like the only experience that I've ever seen um, my, for myself in terms of like doing calling and stuff like that, it all feels very like anonymous, especially because obviously during the peak times, like you're always going to be probably like there's just a huge influx of people. There's like, you know, hundreds of people that are on these Zoom calls sometimes. And so I feel like that's one p part where I feel like me and probably a lot of people I know find it hard to like, you know, actually get engaged in a space where it feels like there's this community piece where someone actually knows who you are, you know, and like cares about you, right? Yeah, I think we really like took inspiration almost from the more entertainment world where you have like these fandoms, like community online communities that thrive and like are able to get things done. Like think about like Taylor Swift fans or something <laughs> like that where they make friends and like are able to make things happen. And I think with the, the Vote Save America like community element was definitely something that a lot of democratic organizations like hadn't seen as much because as you said, like you join a Slack and then there's like hundreds of messages that like the welcome messages, but you don't get that like one-on-one -on -one connection, especially um, being all virtual and even doing local things sometimes. Like I joined a few local volunteering stuff um, in my community and that can also feel a little alienating because like people kind of have their like tight-knit group that's been doing this for many years and it's hard to like bring new people in. So it was kind of interesting that like an entertain, like a media company um, started to think about like the community building aspect 
to go alongside like the rest of like the phone making and stuff and because yeah those little check-ins after like at the end of phone banks or the middle where we ask volunteers how how's it going and try and have some fun definitely makes like a big difference than just like sitting there by yourself yeah has your passion slash like mindset changed at all since you've started doing this professionally like is there is there any like part of you that's become disenchanted with like the whole you know the whole system a, a little bit is becoming like even more happy about like the type of work that you get mm -hmm. to do because something that surprised me in especially like the consulting world is that every day is different and you really get to use like a lot of different skill sets so sometimes i'll like be able to do a lot of writing or researching and then other times it's all just like people skills and uh, organizing mm -hmm. more so that part has been really fun but in terms of like becoming disenchanted with politics like burnout is something that everyone talks about a lot in politics because a lot of times people get involved for like two three five years and then they like decide that they want to leave because it's just too grueling or like they've gone through a couple election cycles and don't really feel like they're maybe making a difference um and to sort like i'm only a year in so not exactly burnt out but definitely very like cognizant of what i need to do to try and like have a life outside of work and also frame work in a certain way um that it's not as grueling and kind of like to separate when to get super emotionally involved and when to kind of step back and say okay, we're just doing like spreadsheets today. Like it'll be a win if I finish this. Um, and I think what when was particularly hard was after um, the, um, the elementary school shooting, everyone at my work, well, everyone in the entire country <laughs> world was like devastated. And it was very taxing week to try and like, sort of go back to what we were doing knowing like what happened and also knowing that it has been happening for like many many years and we've been trying to make changes and kind of like feeling that helplessness and kind of like going through that grief and luckily like I have a good group of colleagues who we were able to like really talk about it out loud and also kind of process it in okay and what can we do about it and kind of have the privilege of getting to do something about it which is also kind of um something with the pod save america thing that people like is that when they're like a lot of the podcasts is kind of like complaining about things going on but when they add that extra but you can do this about it at the very least um it kind of like helps ease that anxiety a little bit well I'm curious about like <laughs> I feel like a lot of the organizing spaces that I've ever been in like there's a lot of drama like literal politics and you're working in well like in terms of like yeah like cap lowercase p politics right but you're actually in like the uppercase p politics and I'm really curious how that um plays out in terms of interpersonal relationships right because like the the kinds of things that you work on are just so inherently political and personal and emotional right 
And I feel like it's hard to maintain this sort of like, we have this very weird culture of professionalism in America where you're not like a real human being. And I feel like it's really hard to be that sort of fake human being in the context of something that where the stakes is literally like people living and dying, right? Like a lot of these campaigns that is often like what's at stake, right? How does that, is there, like how does that play out in, in your experience? Yeah, I think a lot of it, again, comes back to like, trying to be authentic about your like story of self and trying to like, bring that into work. Because my first instinct, of course, is like, I want to just like, do a good job and like, um, not bring my whole life story. But eventually, I realized that like hearing people's life stories is actually incredibly helpful (laughs) while working with them. And that kind of just like, keeps everything into perspective as well, um, knowing where people are coming from. Because oftentimes, like, people come from very different backgrounds. And like, sometimes you have a lot of common reasons for doing the work. And sometimes it's like something completely you didn't even expect them um, to be suffering with. So that's part of it. And then (laughs) your other thing about the um, sort of lowercase p politics, is that's definitely something within kind of like the democratic and progressive world that can definitely be detrimental to a lot of like campaigns or organizations is kind of navigating like personalities of people and um, gatekeeping, things like that, or internal fighting, because a lot of politics is like relationship building. So I think a lot of what I've learned is kind of like not burning bridges and like learning as much as you can about where people are coming from, basically. Can you tell us a little bit more about like, especially, you know, as it pertains to your story, you were talking about how like um, a lot of what informed you wanting to get into this kind of work is uh, basically like your experience with the healthcare system and like being a disabled person can you talk a little bit more about like how that played out and what like i i feel like i've heard this we've had a couple episodes of people with various different kinds of disabilities on our show and i'm really curious how that that was sort of able to be accommodated in the work that you were doing after college Yeah, so for me, I have an autoimmune disease called lupus. So basically, um, a lot of the issues that I was having had to do with like energy, joint pain, sort of mobility. Um, But also a lot of it was just like, healthcare took a lot of my time out of my week, like just kind of navigating treatment plans and doctors and uh, diagnosis, things like that. So it kind of disrupted my 20s um, in a way. And I think that's very common for people with lupus because it kind of hits women around like age 20, um, right when they're kind of like starting to live uh, independently. So all that kind of gets halted. And then you have to really focus on like doctor's visits or are so tired that you can't like really um, invest in your career. So I think part of it was um, a little bit of an anxiety about like starting really joining the work 
forced later <laughs> and being like, okay, I'm here, but I'm not 18 and I'm not like, I didn't have a lot of internships and like, I don't have all this experience because people these days are like so ambitious <laughs> and have like, oftentimes it can feel like you're falling behind. So that was part of it. And I think what really helped me was just talking to people about that insecurity and having them kind of say, you know, apply anyway, or you can utilize different skill sets um, that are maybe not like the traditional path, because for politics, there really isn't a super traditional path, because it's not a traditional industry in that a lot of the times people are jumping from like campaign to campaign, project to project, working for themselves, traveling all over the country. Um, so in a way um, that kind of gave me a lot of permission to just jump in and try something new and be a new person. Um, and then also what was pretty helpful is I do feel like um, during COVID-19, there was a little bit of a shift in empathy for accommodation and everything going uh, remote was incredibly helpful for me at the time, both because it was not safe at first before vaccines for me to go out in the world, but also because it just helped me be able to like have a lot more energy at home and not have to you know commute and things like that uh not have to go like door to door knocking outside in the hot sun um so i think that gave me a, a lot of freedom um to kind of like participate to begin with and then it's just about finding the right people who know things about like progressive uh disability rights and things like that and kind of um, making sure that that's like included within whatever like campaign or organization that you're in. Because we believe in all these progressive things, but one thing um, that's kind of unfortunate is a lot of times our campaigns do not reflect those values. So like, for example, maybe people aren't getting paid the minimum wage mm -hmm. or like, they're being paid like the low one not the 15 that we're asking for etc so i think just calling people out on that and advocating for yourself was also very helpful so how okay how many campaigns have you worked on now because i'm curious then out of how like, out of those campaigns how many of them were actually like successful and won their campaign yeah so for the arizona volunteering I was so I was like volunteering a lot for what's called like the coordinated campaign, which is basically like the Democratic Party um, creates like a little campaign with a bunch of organizers to cover both like the presidential race and if there's like a Senate race. So I volunteered for the um, Mark Kelly Senate race and then it also coordinates with all these like state legislatures across the state as well. And then you kind of like all work together. So for that one, it was probably like 10 different race, little races, um, mm -hmm. especially like concentrated on the Mark Kelly campaign. So that was definitely um, 
a fun one to start out with because we did we were able to like flip Arizona mm-hmm. um, both for Mark Kelly and then also for Biden. Um, and then in terms of my work, well, I guess this is like my first year, my first election cycle. So I don't know how it's all going to turn out, but I've worked on like maybe 10 to 15 different campaigns, like a little bit of projects here and there. So again, you just like, it's different every day and it's like such diversity of people and projects. So that's pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> I love Mark Kelly. He's just a, a cool dude that's also an astronaut and is now a senator. Yeah. I feel like that was definitely like our starting line on the phone was like, Mark Kelly, an astronaut. Was running. Yeah. And people were like, oh, cool. Yeah. So what party is he from? I was like, <laughs> so now that you're very much have been a part of like, you know, understanding the political apparatus like do you feel like i guess on a scale of like one to ten like how fucked do you think politics actually is like i feel like all of us like you know like to throw that sentiment around but like i don't really know because i haven't worked in politics and so i would love to ask you that as someone who actually has like actual experience in this yeah so the big thing right now is that when you ask people like how they think the country is doing Mm -hmm. like the majority of people think we are like getting worse or like they feel very badly about the country mm-hmm. in general, like across both <laughs> yeah. parties or like everybody thinks that. Um, however, I do find like a lot of optimism in certain like progress that we've made over the years, um, including like, people caring about climate change a lot more and i feel like that will rally together a lot more people as well hopefully however like for the Mm -hmm. midterms unfortunately like just looking at the history of every single midterm after like the first term of a president it's not usually not good for those um, the presidential party it's just like a really uphill climb um because i believe it was only like President Bush, who was able to not um, have things flip. And that was after like 9-11. So it was kind of like a different uh, situation. But yeah, so politics is definitely like incredibly divisive and kind of we're, we're, we're just like still fighting fires, I feel like is the best way to put it, is that I think a mm. lot of people after... Uh, Biden won they felt like the big fight was over (laughs) and unfortunately if you look at like what's happening on a state-by-state level that just isn't the case that we're still every like elections are being won on the margins like there's just so many MAGA Republicans running everywhere it's not a niche thing it's not like just a couple states here and there it's like across the country, they're really like taking over the Republican Party in a lot of ways. Watching that happen has definitely like lit a fire in me that we all need to like stay involved, keep phone banking, doing everything that we can on the election level. Of course, that's just one small part of like activism and politics. Um, but it's still an important one because like what happens in November 
will just like change lives. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like, change, like entire state. Sometimes I feel like like both of the parties are like destined to split into we're like at some point we're gonna have four. Like, you know, it's like we have like, you know, the Maggot Tea Party Republicans and then like some of the less, you know, the Lish Cheneys of the world, like at like kind of opposite ends of the Republican spectrum. And then on, you know, the progressive side there are like there are more like the the more socialist, democratic socialist liberals, and then the, like some of the more you know Biden types, like a little bit more moderate, and it feels like those like <laughs> obviously there's so much polarization in politics, but now there's like polarization within the polariz the polars like the poles have their own poles now, you know. But the issue is, unless the split happens, yeah, exactly it's going to be very disadvantageous to whoever splits. <laughs> it's just going to right, right. Like if the Democrats split first, then it just means we're just going to have. Republicans right. in power. Yeah. Right. And, and vice it's, versa. It's interesting looking at like countries that have multiple parties because you realize that they still have to have coalitions to get things done. Yeah. They have to form so governments. And you can think of like the progressive party and the uh, Democrats as like sort of a coalition in a way. But part of our coalition is like Joe Manchin at the point <laughs> at the moment. Yeah. So um it's definitely like pretty complicated but i feel like a lot of my focus is on kind of watching um the moderates versus the extremists or in the democrat case that's just like progressives and kind of like a lot of um pundits are kind of like tallying up like the wins like is it a win for progressives is it a win for uh, moderate dems or maga and so there's definitely like a hyper focus on like categorizing people into those however you're always going to have different um like congress people etc who are able to be a lot more like bipartisan or include like the progressives or so I think it's you shouldn't look at it too much by those terms because uh, on the Republican side you never know like how people are going to act <laughs> at the end of the day like we're calling people moderates and then they still are like overturning people's rights or like yeah. um, hurting children at the border etc. So um, it's kind of interesting with those categories. I mean. I feel like you must get so, I mean, okay. So for example, my dad, right, is really like, oh, like they both suck. Both parties suck. You know, like we need a third party, right? And I'm sure that is something that like you've heard so many times, right? And I feel like my gut reaction to that is always just like you're not going to get a third party just by voting for them you need one of the established parties to be able to like make a third party viable because that's just how our campaign rules work and how campaign fundings work right now and so like do you have like a, a have, have you found anything that has been like particularly convincing because you're in like sort of like establishment party politics and so obviously that seems to me like you think that that is sort of like the best strategy to get a lot of things we want right even though obviously it's an imperfect system but like how do you basically what do you think i should say to my dad <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah i think 
one thing that we say to people about the Democratic Party is that it's like the big tent party. So it will include like many different like sides ideologies within. So we're the party that wants to welcome people and wants to include their voice. And really making a case like against the Republican Party is also definitely a strategy that a lot of especially like ads and things take to kind of like make you scared. Okay, what's the alternative? But however, I think the most important thing is for people to really understand like what if they live in a state or a district that does have like a Democratic uh, congressman um, or someone in power to really make them connected to like their legislator and understanding them more like on a personal level because one of the things that people say a lot is that they hate Congress but they love their congressman and even if like that congressman is on like the opposite party or like things like that because they want the person who they feel like is representing their voice and cares about the things that they care about so as long as we have candidates who are like focused on their constituents i think the party part kind of like falls away a little bit and you can just think of people like without that component because yeah i feel like even within uh people that i work with etc um it's not so much about like democratic party as it is about what these like individual people or groups are doing and what they're accomplishing. Mm-hmm. And so for the issues that you care most about, like you mentioned healthcare, I guess how, maybe I should have asked you this at the beginning, where would you say you place yourself on the political scale, right? Of like, you know, I guess moderate, to be like whatever like you know like on like the the political scale of ideology right where would you say you are yeah i think i would probably be on the progressive side but it depends on like what type of progressive you're talking about because for example i do a lot of like san francisco politics and within that progressive means something a little bit different than it does like on the national scale So I would say that I am more like a national scale, sort of like progressive, but again, I lean in a lot to sort of um, traditional politics. So a lot of people are progressive and they go more like the activist route um, or are thinking of really like alternative ways to accomplish the same goals and whereas i'm looking more like within the system and what to change so in that respect a little bit more establishment but in terms of like what candidates um i support and everything i think i'm a little bit more to the left yeah so why did you feel like the establishment route was the way to go i think a a lot of it had to do with just when I got started to get involved as a volunteer with the campaigns, I did really like the fact that you can do things that make a difference in the election. And then you have that moment in November where you like win or lose. And then you can kind of like 
build progress from there and it's like kind of instant gratification in a way <laughs> even though it's just the beginning um you can feel like you're a part of something um bigger without really having like exactly the expertise to do all the work like i'm not a climate scientist but i'm able to take climate scientists ideas and make sure that's being like included in different um laws or that my, our candidates like that's something that they are able to write into laws one day um so just seeing basically like where your work goes within um government it's just like very gratifying for me because I think for some of the, for so many of the issues that I feel like I and so many people I know care about things like climate, it just doesn't feel like politics is going to be a viable way to make that happen. And same with healthcare, right? Mm -hmm. Like I feel like we had a shot at making healthcare happen, right, with Obamacare, and we didn't get single payer healthcare. We didn't get so many of the things that the majority of the country wants, right? And so like. I guess I I see where you're coming from on like a personal standpoint of like everyone has to choose what works best for them. But I guess from a broader level, right, of like, okay, how do we actually get these goals accomplished, right? Do you, do you like believe that politics will eventually get us there for a lot of these progressive goals? Yeah, I think this might be sort of biased towards my um, experience in California, which is a state where we really don't have the same opposition to like, we just don't have as big of a like oppositional party. Everyone's basically a Democrat. We have some Republicans, but um, we're able to actually like pass things a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. So I've been able to see kind of like these pilot progressive programs especially like within cities where they try things and you're able to actually see okay like they were able to enact something now let's let's like spread it to another city or let's let's bring it more on the national scale um so i do think that it is it's not like impossible for things like to change uh, especially as we bring newer, like younger people into politics or people who are haven't been like traditionally represented um, into politics. But on the other hand, as I said before, a lot of it is just trying not to backslide our democracy. So there's also, you can kind of also think about um, maybe the, the more like establishment side, just kind of like trying to hold our ground as other like community organizing is when you can kind of like build momentum to something better at the same time. Cause a lot of it is just making sure that we're fighting to keep things um, from going backwards and like protecting things like voting rights and things like that. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of like a scary time. Yeah. I'm curious where mm -hmm. you fall as uh, someone that's more on the establishment side. 
like where do you fall on things some of the things that are being like tossed around the the democratic party like packing the court or like abolishing the filibuster and things like that yeah i definitely think think that um we should abolish the filibuster just because one one of the like as i said one of the most important things to have people believe government is working for them is to actually like get things mm-hmm. done and be able to message what you are doing for them and when we continuously like promise things and then have it held up by like not having such a large majority um to go past the filibuster like that's not delivering what you're promising and it's really like holding the party and the country back by like being having to deal with it every single time that we want to accomplish Mm -hmm. something i think build back better was like a big disappointment because with every like new uh, draft of that it felt like things were being taken out that are like incredibly important to our country things like child care um and then you get a lot of messaging that's like trying to tell people why like that's not as, as important as the other thing and it can become very dismissive um and then in terms of the supreme court um i'm not exactly sure about like what the best way to go about like having a more balanced court would be um but i know that a lot of people really want um to add more but again like it's kind of hard because when we don't have power then you wonder like could it get worse if they if the republicans like have power yeah exactly and that's just part of being in this two-party system yeah but the thing is, I feel like having that fear is just part of what makes Democrats not effective because the Republicans don't seem to be acting with that fear, right? Like, they didn't see, you know, Gorsuch, right? And they weren't like, oh, well, what if the Democrats <laughs> do this to us? You know, not Gorsuch, Merrick Garland, sorry. I mean, it does feel like it opens the door to something, right? Yeah. Like, it does, it, yeah, I, 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 I'm also, like, similarly skeptical. It's like, it feels like if we kind of like crack the seal to just like adding more adding more justices whenever you're not getting what you want out of the court like when does this when does it stop i guess is my but i but i feel like if we think that and that and then therefore don't do it like i still don't think there's anything preventing the republicans from doing that regardless of whether we do it Mm -hmm. or not Right is my point. Yeah. Like it seems like the Republicans are happy to do whatever <laughs> they want, regardless of what yeah, Democrats do. Yeah, I mean, Trump really anyway. kind of set this like set this right. This kind of attitude and motion of like he did a lot of things that like were technically always possible. It's just like people just didn't do it, <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. And as a norm, you know, like exercise his power like to create a squad of people like in the wake of the in the wake of the um the uh what's it called all, all of the protests and riots in 2020 um like he used like the justice department or something to like just like make a squad of non-uniformed officers that were just pulling people into vans in portland you know like and that's like something that like the president always had power to do it was just no one ever did it because it seemed like a wild thing to do um but it does seem like you know 
post the in a in a post Trump administration world, like the the Republicans do feel a little more empowered to do some of that wild shit, you know. Yeah, I don't really know what I don't know what yeah, to do. Like, I definitely wish that um, executive actions like feel like something like everything that's on your agenda. If you're able to do it through executive action, why don't we just like why doesn't Biden just do everything on the list? But then people say we need more buy-in for that, mm-hmm. and we need to make it feel like we're bringing in like more of the country, and it's not all just like so divisive. Um, so that's why they try and get like things to Congress instead, so then they can show that they have like bipartisan support and things mm-hmm. like that. So it's definitely interesting. Sometimes I feel like if you need to get something done, just get it done any way you can. Right. Yeah. <laughs> don't do it. Try to do everything by the book because then it just doesn't get done. Yeah. It's hard. I still don't know where I fall on like the Supreme Court stuff. I mean, like. I would like it to not be the way that it is. I would like term limits. I know I would like term limits, hundred um, percent. Yeah. And you know, I've tossed around like different ideas in my head about ways to make it a less like extremely partisan institution. But yeah, it's hard. I feel like we. It just. It's hard to not feel as if we're sort of devolving both normatively and in our actual political institutions, right? Like, I feel like you know so much gets done now just by like these weird like cutting corners or like you know just deciding to use some procedural thing right and like it's so hard to figure out where is the sort of like end point of that right like it it just seems like you know no matter what everything is just gonna like devolve in some way or other so like i I'm honestly super impressed, Hannah, that you're able to maintain a sense of optimism given that like it feels so easy to get to a point of like what's the point? You know, like apathy basically from a political sense. Yeah, I sense, think a right? lot of it is just trying to stay rooted in like communities, like looking at instead of looking at everything as like <laughs> a certain number of people who are gonna vote in the electoral college or whatever. To really just like keep it in perspective that this, these are like real people with real problems in real communities, um, and we we've always been like a country that likes to take care of each other. Um, that's like people who like to take care of their neighbors, or even Republicans like enjoy things like charity, etc. So a lot of this um just comes down to like the basics of trying to do like little things to help our communities um and staying rooted in like grassroots efforts is also very important in politics so you don't feel like you're just like flying in to do the election and then all of a sudden everyone is gone and no one cares about like a certain state anymore (laughs) um and i feel like totally yeah yeah that's like a big shift in the last like few years i feel like people are really being more thoughtful about doing things that make like a long lasting difference um and are like more relevant and rooted in organizations and people that are already there
Um, Hannah, thanks so much for sitting down with us. Like, it's been really, yeah, really insightful to, like, hear from someone that works in politics, but, like, isn't part of a specific, like, campaign or a specific, you know, I feel like you're, like, you're kind of giving us a more, more diverse perspective there, so I appreciate it. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of a good, a good ending question for you. Um, I, I like to ask people questions that aren't related to what we talked about to finish the podcast. <laughs> um, what's something that you are looking forward to that you're going to like a plan that you have in the next couple months that you're really excited for? I am super excited that my friend from Toronto is visiting me this weekend and we are going to just like relax and go to wineries and chill out. Nice. So yeah, definitely getting that summer R and R. Nice. Is there a heat wave in California too? A little bit, yeah. A heat wave, but San Francisco gets like the nice cool mm-hmm. breeze. <laughs> Beautiful. Because of all the fog. Nice. So not that sounds very pleasant. Here. Um. All right. So this is your. Yeah. Especially honestly, where especially we are here on the East Coast. <laughs> We're dying. Um. So yeah, this is your time. Is there anything you would like to plug? Yeah, I think I want to leave everyone with like a few organizations I think would be like good to um get your start if you're thinking about political volunteering and. I think the main one that I'd recommend to people who are especially like more on the progressive side is an organization called People's Action, which is really focused on something called deep canvassing, which basically means that instead of just like talking to people for a few minutes, telling them to vote, you're really trying to like have deep conversations about the issues and like move the needle on things. Um, And I think that they do a great job at um bringing in new volunteers and getting them like introduced to politics and then of course i'd like to plug the vote save america we're doing uh, midterm madness and you can find information about how to join that um on their website and you'll, you'll just get plugged into like all the important races and how to help with calls to action each week and as always, you can find us at I'm the Villain Pod. That's our Twitter, our Gmail, and that's our Instagram. Otherwise, bye. <laughs>